0: Hello and welcome back to episode two of the Domestic Cricket Podcast by Backyard Sports. I'm your co-host Sam, and beside me is uh, Caleb Bland. And today's show we have a special one for you guys. We got our first guest on the podcast, um, Southern leg spinner and New South Wales leg spinner Dan Fallons on the show.
1: So uh, very excited to have Dan. He's uh, very kind to give his time to us and. Um yeah that will be coming up later in the podcast uh, so yeah thanks Dan for lending us your time and um hopefully some quality viewership to be had
0: anyways before that we're just going to wrap up the marsh one day Cup tournament and go through the latest news
1: so uh the first segment will be uh, we'll be discussing the latest news in the domestic cricket world um, so first up uh, some uh, big news coming out of. I guess the cricket boards for Bangladesh and Australia and of course the ICC with the two test series in Bangladesh uh, canceled. Uh, I think it was inevitable. Postponed. Postponed, sorry. So they will look to change it to another date, but um, yeah, I couldn't see that going ahead with the circumstances with the coronavirus as we speak, going mental around the world. So um, it's disappointing and it's uh, disappointing for a lot of uh, uh, upcoming Sheffield players who are looking to get a go and uh, obviously Moses Henrique is a very established player looking to get a go in Bangladesh and uh, same with Mitch Swepson looking to get a uh, real opportunity on a uh, spinner-friendly uh, decks that they produce in Dhaka in uh, Bangladesh. In other news, Michael Nees's county cricket contract with Surrey uh, has been terminated due to the coronavirus. Uh so uh look it would have been hard for him to play in the county championship over there if it even goes ahead. I'm not too sure what the plans are over there, but um he seems to be taking it positively. He's uh looking to uh really ramp up his game in the off season. Uh it's probably one of the first off seasons he's had in a while where it's uh, a lot as with a lot of players where it's uh very um low maintenance uh just working individually and uh on your physical fitness mainly so um yeah it's a shame for michael and a few of the other shield players who are heading over to the uk but um i mean there's uh not much you can do about it
0: so moving on we'll be reviewing the marsh cup from 2019 uh yeah since we just started the podcast we haven't really had a chance yet but yeah Take it away, yep. Caleb.
1: Well, it's a lot to get through. So uh, it started uh, as, it was a bit of a fixture change this year, um, but they kept pretty consistent with starting in Perth, having splitting the six states into two pools. So Western Australia, Victoria, and who else? Tasmania went over to Perth to play each other once. And then the other three teams, South Australia, New South Wales and Queensland battled out at the Allen Border Field in Brisbane. Uh, once that was done, they moved on to splitting the six states into three pairs. So South Australia and Tasmania played each other twice in Adelaide. Victoria and Queensland battled out twice in three days in Melbourne. And New South Wales and WA played out two uh, pretty good games at Oval. Um one of which we were both at, and it was fantastic atmosphere. It was great to get so, um, some good crowds in at um, what you would usually call grade venues, but um, I think it was a good atmosphere from um, what I remember. It was a good game. Um, and then after that, they had a, about a two-week break, and then New South Wales and Tasmania played out The upset of the tournament i would say um now this new south wales side featured half the australian test team um and this young tasmanian side were without matthew wade so you can just imagine how hard it would have been for tasmania i actually had the privilege of i'm a huge tassie tigers fan so i got the privilege of um joining them in the sheds post game the um coach invited me in to have a chat with the boys get some photos so it was uh Really good experience. Um, but I'll go through this New South Wales lineup Daniel Hughes, Warner, Smith, Henriquez, Matthew Gawks, Peter Neville, Sean Abbott, Pat Cummings, Mitch Stark, Nathan Line, Josh Hazelwood.
0: Basically all played for Australia, except for like
1: except for, two or three. Yeah. So, I mean, what? and they, they were bowled out for 237 <clears throat> in 43 overs. You look at the Tasmania lineup. Now, they had Ben McDermott, Caleb Jewell, Bo Webster, Jordan Silk, George Bailey, Simon Malenko, then down the fork Sandu, Rose, Nathan Ellis, and Riley Meredith. So, uh, a very big difference when comparing the team's um, national experience. Uh, Tasmania chased down easy, easily uh, after 45 overs and they only lost four wickets in the process. So, that was... Well and truly, the upset of the tournament, and Nathan Ellis uh, established himself as a mainstay in the Tasmania team, collecting a five for against possibly the best New South Wales batting lineup they've seen in years. And then Queensland and South Australia took on each other at the Gabba, where Adam Zampa famously hit 35 off 15 to win the game from absolutely nowhere. Um, and then I reckon this was the the two powerhouses before they played in the final, Queensland and WA played at uh, Gold Coast Metricon Stadium, of all places, um, trying it out for a 50-50 game. And then uh, all the other teams continued to play each other once. And then the final was played at the Allen Border Field. And uh, WA uh, won pretty comfortably in the end, bowling Queensland out for 205. For chasing it down with two overs to spare and four wickets in hand to give them a marsh cup trophy and uh, the team that included two people with the last name marsh and also i believe jeff marsh uh, mitch and sean's father was either coach or assistant coach at wa so as uh, well and truly a marsh affair in the marsh cup
0: so moving on we'll now discuss the marsh cup team of the tournament so selected by cricket australia and we're going to discuss who's in it who should have been in it and yeah so number one is aaron finch yeah Do you reckon um well he deserving? had
1: a very big tournament averaging 81 409 runs high score of 188 not out at the junction over which i was actually in fact at i'm a Huge GWS supporter of Sammy's as well and I travelled down for the grand final and the day after I thought I'd you know, lift myself up after an embarrassing defeat and uh watch a one day cup match at Junction Oval and Aaron Finch teared at Queensland Apart. So I think he's uh pretty deserved in there.
0: Moving on to Daniel Hughes, also had a good season, averages yeah. seventy three, high score of one hundred and fifty-two.
1: Yeah, he had a uh, fantastic tournament. Uh, it's probably the one of the more underrated openers out there. He gets a mention now after his uh, good year, but um, I think he's pretty deserving of being up there with the likes of Marcus Harris, Joe Burns, Matt Renshaw for the uh, selection race um, to be the opener with uh, David Warner. So, it, yeah, he had a fantastic tournament.
0: Moving on to who they've selected as the captain Usman Kawaja. Average of yeah. 93
1: Stats speak for themselves um, I believe he was Yeah he was named player of the tournament Along with Another Minus
0: Yeah Minus
1: There's, um, Fantastic season for the skipper He played 5 of the possible 7 or 8 uh, Scored two hundreds. So um, fantastic uh, season for the Queensland skipper
0: and then at four, Callum Ferguson from South Australia.
1: Uh, South Australia didn't have... I mean, they weren't too bad in the tournament. They were probably the next in line to play in the final, but um, had some good and some bad performances, some close ones as well. Uh, but Callum Ferguson was consistent throughout. Uh, 403 runs in his seven matches. strike out of 92, Mr. Consistent for the one-day... Cup side For South Australia
0: And then at f- we got five minus Labashine Player of the tournament As we said And
1: yeah. Now I think he deserves To be in that side But I'm not sure If you can call him Player of the tournament um, I mean He did play an extra match Compared to Uzman Khawaja But Was was he's
0: Still scored more runs Yeah I believe Yes uh, Minus
1: 364 at an average of 60 was four hundred and seventy two. 372 so I mean they, they both had still. yeah they both had um, exceptional tournaments but I think there was a bit of hype around minus Lovashane that might have influenced a few decisions he obviously had a great tournament and he deserves to be in that team but I, I once again with the shield players of the year and now for one day cup I'm not sure um, classing them together as joint chef, uh, marsh cup uh players of the tournament was the correct decision now, Alex Carey uh, comes in at six as the wicket-keeper. Now, uh, he was probably the best of the wicket-keepers in the tournament. Um, had a pretty good tournament as a keeper with the bat, 279 runs, average of 46, strike rate of 98. Um, his high score was 80 not out. So, um, yeah, I think he deserves to be in that team uh, as a keeper-batsman. Um, he had a pretty good tournament. He's... Uh, Looks like he'll be the um, next in line for the wicket-keeping position after Tim Payne retires from test as well.
0: Seven, you got Marcus Stoinis from Western Australia. The all-rounder, probably, in the team. Yeah, or yeah. One of the one all-rounders. Of Pretty
1: uh, good, yeah, season. Yeah, well, in the opening match, he scored a, a thrilling century, but uh, after that, with a the bat, there wasn't too much... Else, No 50s, nothing, he was just set one year But he uh, bowled pretty well, 11 wickets Averaging of 23, economy of six point nineteen. So he, ha- he had a consistent bowling performance And um, a good batting performance in the opening round So uh, number 8 is another Western Australian Nathan coulton uh 14 wickets from his 6 matches Average of 19, economy of 5.39 Stats speak for themselves um, He uh, picked up the 5 for. On uh, one occasion, I believe, against South Australia, uh, uh, Adelaide's current Rolton Oval, a great facility, a new uh, ground that they've introduced. And um, leading wicket-taker. Leading wicket-taker of the tournament. So, um, he uh, played more of a bowling role. Um, we know how good he is at batting. Um, he's, all, he's almost a fully-fledged all-rounder, I would say. But, uh, yeah, very good bowling tournament.
0: And at nine, the youngster Nathan Ellis from Tasmania. Yeah, surprised um, a lot of us.
1: Sure did. Seven matches, twelve wickets, um, average of twenty-two, economy of five point two one. I think that's what really cemented his spot. And obviously, the five for against probably the best One Day Cup side we've ever seen. I reckon with Smith, Warner, the whole Australian Test lineup, uh, bowling lineup that is. Um, the boy from St. George who was tearing it up in grade cricket, uh, couldn't quite get it into the New South Wales lineup, so um, made the move down to Tassie. It's a great story actually, he was um, struggling to make ends meet, uh, had to do plenty of odd jobs around just to uh, pay the rent, uh, didn't have much petrol in his car, but um, finally got a call up for Tasmania and boy has he blown uh, the domestic cricket scene away in Shield and the One Day Cup. So uh, probably the most unluckyest fast bowler I reckon, who's uh, ever played for Australia. He's uh, rarely selected, but um, just was born the wrong year. Obviously, with the test lineup we have, uh, always in the wickets. Eleven wickets, six matches, average of twenty, economy of three point eight three, which is it is honestly ridiculous. Um, three point eight three on some pretty pretty flat decks. Uh, for the big, tall Tasmanians, so that's why he's in the team. Um, Had a fantastic tournament, as he usually does. Uh, More of a red ball player, but it was good to see him be uh, pretty dangerous with a white ball as well. Still managed to swing it a bit down in uh, Hobart. Um, So, yeah, he was the only bowler to uh, actually have an economy rate of less than four, so it was a fantastic bowling performance, that tournament.
0: And then at 11, Wes Agar from South Australia. Five matches, 11 wickets, an average at 20. Um, economy rate of 5.3. Took uh, best of 5 for 40. Um, really two five-wicket actually. Yeah.
1: Really announced himself this tournament. Um, there was obviously the... Uh, Quite the comedy fest when he played his brother and got him out after bowling to him for five balls. And then, obviously, with the bat, um, hit it straight to his brother Ashton. And Ashton went right through his uh, mitts and um, hit him on the head. And uh, I'm sure, that's one that uh, Wes will be reminding Ashton about forever. All right. Uh, this week, there will not be an angry talk because I'm actually feeling pretty good. Um, There's a few points that I would like to make, but I will leave them for future episodes because we're running out of time because we are joined by possibly the future Australian spinner, Southern Leg Spinner, and now New South Wales Leg Spinner, probably second in line to Nathan Lyon. Please welcome to the show our first special guest, Dan Fallons.
2: Thanks, happy to be here.
1: So the coronavirus has had its effect uh, felt globally, and also it's had an effect on professional athletes like yourself. So uh, I'd like to know uh, what impact has it had on you personally and on your training routine. Um, how different does your training routine
2: look now compared to uh, this time last year? I think we've been lucky compared to other codes in in terms of the timing of this coronavirus. It was sort of came on right at the end of the season, so I think we only missed the last shield game and and the Shield final and you know, fortunately we were three wins ahead of, of, of all the other states. So we got uh, given the title, but in terms of training and, and whatnot, nothing's really changed. We'd, we'd sort of be off at this at this time of year anyway. So I think all we'd be doing is a bit, a bit of exercise. So I think access to gym is, is probably the only limited thing. I think there's still, you know, you can go outside and, and run and exercise fortunately, but yeah, I think it's just the gym aspect that we're missing right now.
0: Now, Stephen O'Keefe has just announced his retirement from first class cricket. He'll still be playing in the Big Bash, of course, for the Sydney Sixers. But just like to know what sort of effect and mentoring role he had on you when you were alongside him at the New South Wales Blues in the Sydney Sixers.
2: Yeah, it's a bit sad to see Sock go. He'd been such a great mentor, as you said, for me and and all the other spinners around the state. You know, he's such a has such a wealth of knowledge playing for New South Wales for, for so many years and, and playing a couple of tests for, test for Australia and, and having some some success in India. So yeah, it's a bit disappointing to see him go. He's, he's great fun to have around training, a bit of a larrikin and you know, I'll, I'll miss his, his wise words and he's tactically so strong um, doing what he does. So yeah, I definitely will miss him. Now, uh, you in
1: fact started your cricketing journey at the Genelli Junior Cricket Club. Uh, as did the entire backyard sports team. Um, I'd like to know what what did your pathway uh to where you are now via at the New South Wales Blues and Sydney Sixers look like? Uh, from your junior club through to men's grade and then uh, academies. Uh, what was your pathway like?
2: I started at the uh, Mighty Coogee Cricket Club. I you know played my first couple of games down at Silver Bay, and you know I, I loved it there. I, I was I was very lucky that uh one of the bikes in my team his dad played first grade for sutherland mark chapman so he was he was a great spin coach i was very lucky from from under 10s that i, I had some great coaching and, and yeah the club were great to me you know everyone there was very helpful and, and loved it and I'm, i've made mates from that uh first junior cricket team that i still play with now in and tom doyle I, I think i was very lucky with the team i had that i got on so with them so well so, yeah, I played for Como till under-16s, played rep cricket all the way through. Um, and then, yeah, from, from that, I made the uh, Sutherland Career Club's Green Shield team. And then I had a had a decent Green Shield season and got picked for the under-17s 17s, uh, New South Wales Academy squad. So that, that was a massive step for me. Um, from there, they picked the uh, 17s team for the Nationals Carnival, and I was fortunate enough to make it. Um, and, yeah, so I, I made the that 17s team... Then I made the next two under-19s New South Wales um, teams. And, you know, to go to those carnivals is a lot of fun. to play playing nationals and you make a whole heap of new friends from different states. Um, and, yeah, from there I I uh, got picked in the uh, um, national performance squad uh, to train up in Brisbane for a couple of months. Um, and then from there I got a, a rookie contract in New South Wales. So it's been a bit of, bit of a journey and, and a lot of training, a lot of sacrifices, but... You know, I wouldn't change it. I have really enjoyed it and made some great friends along the way. Um, and, yeah, I still play for uh, Southo first grade and, you know, I love playing with those guys. They, they are, make it a lot of fun and make it, you know, bearable each each weekend. You know, cricket's a long sport and you have to give up most of your Saturday for it. But to play with those guys is, is a great privilege. They're so much fun. Now, before you go, uh,
1: I'd like you to answer a few of the uh, questions that our fans have sent in. Um, so, first up is, what is your favourite ground and why? Uh, obviously, you've uh, had the chance to take five far against the England cricket team at the Adelaide Oval, play at the MCG for Shield and Big Bash. It's, uh,
2: you've played a lot of venues, but which one would be your favourite? Yeah, I've been very fortunate to play it you know like you said Adelaide Oval SCG and MCG you know, they they're amazing venues to uh to play at but i definitely have to say SCG i've i've grew up you know as a young boy always wanting to play there and you know going to watch cricket there and you know to think oh it'd be awesome to play on the uh SCG There's so much tradition behind it and yes i think i'm very lucky to play there and yeah i think Adelaide Oval will always be special for me and having to get that uh that fire free against england you know always be able to um you know, hold that memory in, in, in good stead and look back on that in, in, in the future. Um, but, yeah, i definitely have to say SCG. And also, I'd, you know, be remiss if I didn't say Glen McGrath Oval. You know, I love playing there. It's, it's, yeah, it's a great place to play cricket. Um, and just thinking for the good times I've had with my mates.
0: All right, so moving on to the next question. Um, we'd like to know what your most prized wicket is. Was it Joe Root at the Adelaide Oval or... Ben Dunk, your first list day wicket, or was it something different and why?
2: I think you nailed it right there. The Joe Root one was, was pretty special. It was a bit of a strange shot, but I'll, I'll take it. And I think, yeah, the, the Ben Dunk one, I was I was pretty happy with that ball. And to have that as my first list day wicket and my first over, I was pretty happy with that to settle the nerves. Um, but I think any time I get one of my mates out when I'm playing against them, it's always, always good to get the bragging rights. But... You know, those first two will always be great, but yeah, whenever I play against my mates and have the chance to get them out, I'm always pretty happy. But I think even playing against my brother in driveway cricket, that's always good fun. And the battles we had as as kids to uh, try and get each other out often ended in uh, yelling and tears. But, you know, those first two, my mates, and yeah, to get my brother out is pretty good. Now, our final fan question is: Which team did you enjoy playing for the
1: most? Was it the Cricket Australia Eleven, New South Wales Blues, Melbourne Stars, uh, Sydney Sixers, New South Wales Metro, and the Second Eleven competition? Uh, the list goes on and on. But uh, which is your which team
2: did you enjoy your time with the most? Yeah, there's a, a few teams there, but you know I've enjoyed playing for them all really. Um, I'd have to say it's pretty special playing, getting to play for New South Wales Blues. That's, you know, always been a dream of mine to be able to do and something I've aspired to from a young age. I think playing for Melbourne Stars was, was one of my favourites as well. Like uh, my first game I got to play against forty um, in front of 40,000 people at um, Marvel Stadium against the Renegades, so the the Melbourne Derby, which was pretty cool. You couldn't really hear myself think and the, they had the roof closed, so you're playing indoors. Um, so that, that was pretty cool. But I think, you know, I I hop back to playing for Sutherland, you know, I I love playing my mates, you know, they, they keep me going and I just really enjoy playing with them. They make it so easy for me. And even if we're having a a bad day out in the field, you know, to to come off after the game and, and share a beer with them in the sheds, you know, all the hard feelings throughout the day, you know, we, we always, yeah, can get over it and just enjoy each other's company. Well, uh, once
1: again, thanks for coming on the podcast, Dan. Um it was uh, really nice of you to give your time to us. Um you've always been quite a nice bloke. You are in fact uh gave my younger brother Ethan, who's part of the Backyard Sports team of Jersey. Um after a match you played at Jamoin Oval for the New South Wales Blues in the one day Cup, so um and uh, you've also given away your um, Melbourne Stars training shirts and stuff like that at um, the Junior Cricket Club um, presentation night. So um, you're a really nice bloke, and um, thanks for uh,
2: lending us your time on the Domestic Cricket Podcast by Backyard Sports. No, uh, thanks. Thanks having guys. Thanks for the thanks for the kind words. Always always nice to hear that you know, I'm doing the right thing. Um, but yeah, no, great questions as well. They uh, keep me thinking back of uh, some great times I've had. So yeah, thank you.